Right, is that, yes, sounds like me. Father, these people don't need to hear from me. They need to hear from you. Father, would you speak into our lives this morning? Would you do more than words can say? Would you change our hearts? We love you, Father. We give you all the honour and all the glory for what's happened already in this church today. And we commit the future to you. In the name of your Son, our Lord, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, what just happened here? It was death this last week, and I, three people have died here today. What? Let's look at what Romans 6, verse 4 says. I can't read that. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death. Just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too may walk in the newness of life. Andrew, can I stop there? Yeah. The sound isn't very good. Can we go on to the handheld, please? Oh. Is that okay? I hate it. It's not not a good sound. Okay. Move the mic further up. Can I try that first? You can. I hate the handheld. Just because I just because I'm a wanderer and I got glasses to cope with and a Bible and notes. And, is that better? Okay. So did you get the symbolism in that verse? Buried in death with Christ, rising to new life through the power of the Holy Spirit wonderful symbolism in baptism of what's happened in the lives of these three people. They are dead to their old selves and a new mentor and a new... Thank you. I was going to call you Candy and I knew it wasn't right. I've known Cindy for years. I'm so sorry, Cindy. And Patricia. Their old life was buried today and they've come up into the new life of Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's look at what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. This is the verse. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away and the new has come. The minute you came to Christ, you became a new creature. And that's what this symbolism of baptism is about. You no longer live out of your history. And sometimes that takes us a long time to learn, she says, pointing the finger this way. We have all had difficult patches in our lives. And they shadow what happens to us. They shadow what 
uh, our future may be. But this symbolism says we don't have to live in it anymore. We are now new creatures in Christ. I had a neighbour who was the sweetest, loveliest, loveliest old lady. She would do anything for me. And she lost her husband probably three years before I lost mine. And ten years later, all his photographs were covered in, in a black veil. And she wouldn't look at them. And she wouldn't open the wardrobe door where all his suits were and the drawers where his shirts were. She went to church every week, but nobody had told her that you don't have to live out of your history. You live for a future with Jesus. Old things are gone because Jesus can heal you of those things that have shadowed your life. And you can start a new life. You start a new life today, Manta. You start a new life today, Cindy. And so does Patricia. I guess she's gone out with the youth. And the scripture tells us in Ephesians chapter 1 that we are empowered by the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Don't you think that's remarkable? I think it's remarkable. This is how it reads. The power working in us is the same as the mighty strength which he used when he raised Jesus Christ from the dead. That's the power you take into your new life. And that's why Jesus could say to his disciples, anyone who has faith in me will do what I have done. He will do even greater things than these. When did you, Andrea Baker, do a greater thing than Jesus? Whoa, that's a big question. But that's what the scripture tells us. And if we live out of that rock-solid faith in Jesus, we will do those great things that Jesus did, and even greater. I watched somebody on YouTube last night who prayed for a little boy at the supermarket. He looked about nine or ten and he'd been registered blind, and he got prayed for, and he got his sight back. They were standing over the other side of the room saying, how many fingers have I got up? And the lad said, three. How many fingers have I got up? And the lad said, seven. And he could see. It was amazing. It was amazing. And that is the power that Jesus puts in us through his Holy Spirit. It's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. I think it's amazing. So these chaps that uh, Gwyn read about today um, have an interesting, an interesting little thing that is, is said about them. Uh, we haven't got cut it up. Okay. Brothers, choose seven men among you who are known to be full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. And their task was to be sorting out the quarrels that were occurring between the Hebrew widows and the Greek widows. You need the Holy Spirit if you're going to out, sort out quarrels among women. And their job was to wait on table and sort the food out. 
It's not the sort of normal thing that you would put on your CV if you were applying for a job in um, the harvester to wait on tables. But these men had to be full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. Remember that same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. What does that tell you? I think it tells me that Father wants the Holy Spirit to be in our everyday lives. I think he wants to be with you in your school, in your office, while you're waiting at tables. He wants you to be wherever you are, on the bus, walking to work, giving a lift to a friend. He wants that power of the Holy Spirit to be working in you so you can be mini-Jesuses to everybody that you touch in your life. And when I read this, um, this chapter, it had a couple of echoes for me. The twelve gathered the disciples together. It said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God and waiting on tables. They were having to neglect what they, their true vocation was in order to deal with the practical stuff. They were being overwhelmed with the logistics of feeding the widows. There were Greek ladies and Jewish ladies. Was there a language barrier? Probably. It's really interesting. And if you if you just noticed a little, I love the little little bits that the that are in the Bible. It just says about the last one of the list. Nicholas was from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. It's interesting. I looked up what language he would have spoken in Antioch. And it said, actually, that there were numerous languages being spoken in Antioch at that time. And I just wondered if he was appointed because of the language barrier between the Hebrew women and the Greek women. Was he one of those that could understand? Interesting. I have no proof of it, but it's just a thought. And I wonder how inclusive we are. I guess most people in this room, probably everybody in this room, understands English. But do we speak in odd Anglican language, religious language that people don't understand? Do they go out thinking, what was that all about? Didn't get much of that. Just a thought, just plant it for you to think about. And I love it that pads can mow the grass, sort out the sound desk, wiring, sort out the chairs. <laughs> I love it that he doesn't think that vicars are above that sort of stuff. I really love it. However, if all of that stuff takes so much time, he's in the same place as the apostles were in this passage. He's not got the time to soak himself in the word of God. His job is to be Jesus to us. Ready for it, Pants? (laughs) 
His job is to soak himself in the word, to pray, to teach us, and to lead us to the place where Jesus is leading us. So that tells us that he needs a team, just like these apostles needed a team around him. Another echo um, from the Hebrew scriptures uh, occurred to me. And uh, it's from Chronicles chapter 2, sorry, 2 Chronicles chapter 7. And it was when Solomon dedicated the temple, fire came down from heaven. When Solomon finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and sacrifice. And the glory of the Lord filled the temple. The priests could not enter the temple of the Lord because of the glory of the Lord filling it. How amazing. And what did it remind me of? What does it remind you of? What does it remind you of, Pads? It doesn't. It reminds me of Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Here comes the fire. When the, when the temple was dedicated, we're told in the Hebrew Scriptures, fire came down from heaven. When the disciples gathered together, fire came down from heaven. What does fire do? Burns that rubbish, purifies, love it. And that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do in each one of us. If you had the fire of the Holy Spirit, it's a bit scary, but it's good. It sorts you out. And did you know that you're part of the new temple? In 1 Peter chapter 2, it says this. Come as living stones and let yourself be used in a building, the spiritual temple where you will serve as holy priests to offer spiritual and acceptable sacrifices to God through Jesus Christ. So we are the new temple. The Holy Spirit is the fire that comes down on us. I don't know if you can see this. You guys in the gap, the back, are at a bit, bit of a disadvantage. Here we are. Here's Joe, here's Lynn, here's Chris, Pads, Adam, Emma, Kirsty, Martin, Isabel, Mary, Brian, Alan, Sandra, Anne, Maureen. Whoa. There's loads of us. I couldn't get on here. But at the bottom, we're built on here are the chaps that were in our, our uh, reading Stephen, Philip, Prochorus, Nicomore, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas. And God 
since then has been building this new temple. And now we have Cindy. Oh, Manta, what colour are you? Manta. And I don't know if you noticed that Patricia was wearing a red T-shirt this morning. Spell, can't write, too shaky. The minute that you came to Jesus, your name was written in the Lamb's Book of Life. It's written in heaven in his book. And you became part of this new temple, this spiritual temple. We are living stones. Come as living stones. Let yourself be used in building the spiritual temple where you will serve as holy priests to offer spiritual and acceptable sacrifices to God through Jesus Christ. Don't you think that's great? Man, 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 smiling anyway. Of course, um, you don't come with just a name. You come with colour and personality. Everybody a bit different. And of course, uh, living things, living stones, change. Tadpoles become frogs. Caterpillars become butterflies. Trainees become CEOs, carers become nurses, students become teachers, and businessmen become pickers. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> and they all come, we all come with different color and different shape because we've got different personalities. And then because God is changing us. First of all, pads. What's the mortar that sticks us all together? The love of Christ. The love of Christ. Good answer. Yep. And we will have... Whoops. Uh, Chloe is not going to employ me as the next bricky. <coughs> We've got three more stones, and let's say uh, this one's Cindy. And this one's Manta. And this is Patricia got Jesus in the middle and she's got so many places left to go because she's only 15. I was telling her before the service I was 17 when I got baptised. She's 15. She's got a lot of places to go. And what happens as Jesus as the Holy Spirit works in your life and changes you, he gives you the desire to get stuck in and do things for him. 
And so your patterns... Uh, this looks like Lynn because it's got loads and loads of kids. As far as I know, she's only got three of her own and two grandchildren. Uh, but she's always surrounded by kids. And Cindy gets involved every holiday club. So here she is. So here we've got Cindy and Lynn working together. Within, I don't know, a few weeks of Manta coming to church, she brought a friend with her from the accommodation that she was staying in at the time. And when her aunt came over from India for six weeks, one of the first things she did was she brought, them here, she brought her aunt here to meet us, which was such a privilege, and it was so lovely to meet her. And I have got this sort of hunch that Cindy might link up with uh, Paul and Norman, who stand at the cross every Wednesday in the middle of town. I think you've got a bit of an evangelist in you. Uh, Manta and uh, there, are all, there will be all sorts of other opportunities um, maybe the Lord will take you back to India who knows where he'll take you but there are all sorts of possibilities of places that he wants to take these people and I think, um, I think it's already been referred to that Patricia um, has worked with Chris a lot in the youth and eventually of course I should have brought some water to do this the whole lot of us we all smudge each other's bits squares that doesn't show up hopeless see if I can find one that shows up so all our lines get smudged and muddled up because we are a living temple. We are a living temple. We're living people. And the Holy Spirit changes us. And he says, come on, Andrew, shut up. Let somebody younger take over. Yes, Lord. And he says, David, now you're retired. I've got this for you, and this for you, and this for you, and I haven't got the faintest idea of what God's saying to you, but I'm sure he is. I'm sure he's saying stuff, because he's changing us all the time. We're a living temple. We're living stones. And he gives us to each other to build one another up and to go out there and change the world. And the great thing about this passage, if you just notice how it ends, it ends... So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. The effect of the Holy Spirit working through us, the living, breathing temple of the Holy Spirit is that the word of God will spread and the number of disciples in Southcote, in Calcutta, in Tilehurst, in Coley Park can spread. And even a few priests were won over to the Lord.
So what are you dreaming of? You're dreaming of everyone in your office to become a disciple or in your school? Are you dreaming that people in a hospital ward will walk out well because you've bent over their bread and bed and prayed for them? I'd say dream big. Pray big. Dream big. Pray big. Good idea? Somebody agree with me? Yes. Good. There's a lovely, lovely microcard song. I meant to ask um, Martin, where is he? I can't see him. Oh, there you are, Martin. If he knew it so, he could play it to you. I don't have a voice. But the words are so lovely. Grace be with you all. And may the great shepherd of the sheep equip you with good things for doing his will. Grace be with you all. Do you know it, Martin? Shame. I could get you to come up and play it. Grace be with you all. No, don't know it. I'll spare you my solo. But that's what I... Do you know it, David? No, you don't know. I thought you were saying to Judith, you knew it. Okay. So that's what I pray, that we will, we will work in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. He loves you. Nobody else? And you haven't picked it up today? You need to know how much God loves you. He loves you.